Welcome in to the Amon Green Show, sponsored by Doors Plus on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Look at Green. All by himself. 20. Your host, Amon Green. All What's right. up, Harrison? Welcome We're in. On the ones and twos, I'm your host, Amon Green. How everyone doing? Harrison, how you doing, man? I've been better. Uh, I'm sure. You, I'm sure you know why. The damn Green Bay Packers. The Bears just needed oh. one. Oh, yeah. We had the opportunity to eliminate the Green Bay Packers from the NFL playoffs. Yes. That makes two games out of the last 19 or 20, I believe that the bears have actually been able to take away from the Packers, but, uh, wasn't the case once again. So Jordan yeah. love, I don't, about that, he, he looked a little too much like Rogers, a lot of throws off the back foot. I, yeah, I hated all of it. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I just, <laughs> what a nightmare of a game for all bears fans okay. out there listening. I'm sure you agree with me. 402-464-5685. If you want to join the show, but yeah, it was a, it was a tough one. Ah, uh, yesterday. Like that's a for true sure. Bear fan. <laughs> yeah. I even and my neighbor, my neighbor to my, uh, if I'm standing in my driveway, my neighbor to my left, he's also from Chicago area, grew up there, but lives here for business for work. And he's like, the first thing he says to me out of his driveway, he's like, "Does Green Bay get all the calls?" He said, "This is just terrible." <laughs> I mean, at one point, he said, "Is there a halo around Jordan Love? He can't get touched or something." <laughs> Well, did you see the play where Fields' head, I mean, it just got smacked off the yeah. grass? And yeah. that, I can see why that one, I know as Bears fan, you'd want the targeting call there. But there there was yeah, a few questionable plays. But I'll say this much, um, I'm okay with it because we didn't have a flag until the third quarter of that game. Might have even been the fourth yeah. quarter. Like, it was a fast-moving game. The refs weren't in the way for about most of it. So, you know, as I would have taken the win. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to blame the refs on that one. I thought it was... Okay, game. I've seen worse games ref. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And the Bears, like the last several weeks, I mean, they've been looking good. They've been mm -hmm. playing their best football um, right now, coming into the, the season because they got all through uh, the start of the season drama because of the pressures there. And I mentioned this last week on a few shows that yeah, Owen folks at this start. part of the year, all the pressure's off because everybody knows where they're going or where they're not going. Right? They're knowing either we're going home or we're about to go play. Uh, Dallas in 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 Texas or go to LA to play the Rams or the Chargers whoever everybody knows where they're going and so now the pressure to go out and play like at a at a certain level is gone you just go out there and play and have fun and it, it comes I remember fearing I remember feeling this way back I think Little League when we knew we weren't going to the playoffs and I'm just like having fun now because after that before that I mean it was more pressure from the parents yelling at us in the stands y'all gotta whip that and I'm like eight years old, and I'm like, I don't care about going. I mean, <laughs> we try to go to the playoffs, great, but I feel better playing now because now I can focus on just having fun. Um, and not saying that for the pros, it's a little different, obviously, but you get the focus, your focus is a little bit different because I remember a couple of those years. I remember Super Bowl year for the Bears when y'all went to the Super Bowl and played the Colts. Oh six and yep. in 06. And I remember playing in Chicago our last game on the you know of the say of the season. Um, on the road and it's like okay look they're in the playoffs they won a the division you know what let's 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 
sent him to the playoffs with a black eye. And we did. We ended up beating him. I think we beat him both times that year in Lambeau and in Chicago that year. And they still obviously had a great season, went to the Super Bowl. And probably part of the reasons why Brian Urlacher is in the Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. it was just one of those things like, look, is this is they 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 in the party? We're not. Let's just let's, let's, let's step on their Jordans real quick. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's the opportunity we have. I mean, it was a playoff game for the Packers. They needed to get that game to ensure yes. their spot. But I mean, since we're on it, I'll go ahead and we'll we'll get the conversation going um, with Jordan Love. I think. For, for the right reasons, he wasn't talked about a whole lot earlier on in the season, just kind of with the ebbs and flows. And it, it's an incredibly young roster with that Green Bay team. 100%. And as they started to gel down the road, I think I saw today the average age of that team is 25 years old, which is crazy yeah. uh, when you're talking about an NFL team. And I think that show down the stretch, they got a lot better. Uh, and when you're looking at Love's game in particular, I mean, he wasn't throwing interceptions. He was getting about two touchdowns a game on average. I think he had nine to finish the year. Um, two TDs and zone interceptions. What do you see out of love and have the Packers already found their quote unquote guy at the quarterback position? Oh man, hundred percent. This was something that I caught at the start of the year. I knew given the support, given the same type of development that Aaron got the same type of development that Brett got any player that gets attention like they should from the coaching staff and really team buy-in like from the ownership. And there's no owner there, but it's a, a committee mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, board of Regents for the Packers when you have that full support and I saw that with with Aaron and watching it as a fan growing up watching Brett I knew this organization had his back especially like for Brett when he went through his ups and downs with his uh, I think he was when he got addicted to um, the, the pain medicine mm-hmm. and the team supported him through that right and you saw the support the team the players the upper management supported because they knew okay this is our guy and, and same thing with Aaron you know Aaron Came in, was 8-8 eight eight his first year in 2007, or 2008, excuse me. 07 was him and Brett. Um, but 08, he took over. They get, uh, McCarthy gave him the, the keys to the car. And from then on, the, the Packers organization, the town, the state, was 100% behind Aaron Rodgers. So that's where, when you have that support as an athlete, and you know this, you play sports, uh, Harrison, when you have your your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, family come and support you watching your games and giving you little nuggets to help you get better mentally or physically or whatever, you know, a player is going to play better. And you saw that this year with Jordan Love, the organization, having everybody be in the same age or in the same age bracket, being a young team, growing together and not being that, you know, Aaron, uh, Jordan Love is 10 years older than everybody. He's not. He's in the same age bracket as everybody. The elder statesman on the team, I say offensively is uh aaron jones and mm-hmm. it's sort of aj dillon he's kind of been there for four years now and and aaron's been there for i think six or seven and so and then on defense the guys are still i think preston smith is probably the the oldest uh player on the defense so having that uh, camaraderie in terms of just the age and then the young guys makes the old guys feel young <laughs> and, and you could go out there and play and have fun and make plays and that's what they did this past season yeah, and uh, they're going to have more opportunities with the past season. Now they're going into this season on some playoffs. They have the mm-hmm. Cowboys for the wild card. So a tough first matchup uh, in yep. that wild card division. That's going to be 3.30 Sunday on the 14th. So this weekend, Packers, Cowboys. Cowboys are always a team that looks like they slip up when it matters the most. And right. I'm, I'm wondering if this is another one of those games. Because I think the Packers, uh, I don't want to say... It's not a team I'm seriously looking at as a contender by any means, but 
I do think it is possible they could make some noise against the Dallas Cowboys. How confident are you that the Green Bay Packers can upset the Cowboys? I think the Cowboys are going to score. Um, I think they're too good offensively. I think if the Packers were to win, they, they'd have to put up 28 points. Is kind of the number I'm around. I just think that Cowboys offense is that good. But how realistic is the Packers for a chance to upset the Dallas Cowboys in uh, Cowboy fashion, I should say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I remember Des Bryant, uh, not <laughs> catch, no catch, or not sure if it's a catch type scenario. Um, I say it's a probably a 40% chance there. There's opportunity because – no matter what, the game has to get played and things can happen. Plays can happen. Players can step up. And you got these young players for the Packers that we just talked about. For the wide receiver core is the is the is the young core, along with the quarterback and the tight ends. And they will want to go out there and make plays. They will want to go out there and prove themselves because this is the first time a lot of them are, are tasting the playoffs. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon already been here. Um, defense alignment, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith. Have been there savage have been there but for the rest of the dbs rest of the wide receivers rest of the o-line some of the o-line a uh, majority of them been there but they haven't had the taste of the playoffs this is a different, a different atmosphere and for the cowboys a lot of their roster has even the coach uh, mike mccarthy obviously the super bowl champion from uh, 2010 season that's now head coach in the Cow dallas cowboys um with that going on you don't know what's going to happen in this game i mean injury we've seen injuries to you know just crazy plays. It's just the the winner of this game is going to be the team that controls the momentum throughout the game because you're going to have all the excitement of Packers, uh, Cowboys that has been going on since the mid early 90s. Since I was a kid watching the the three headed monster of Michael Irvin, um, Troy Aikman, and Emmitt Smith and their Dallas defense, it's been a problem for the Packers, but it's been a great game regardless of who wins. Majority of the wins, unfortunately, have been for the Cowboys in Dallas, but this is a different era. This is a different time and different time, but a home field advantage for the Cowboys that they haven't won all the playoff games as expected through the teams and the talent they had on their rosters. So I say, I, I say, like I said, 40% chance out here where this team could come down there and kind of shock Cowboy nation and kind of get ready for the next round in the playoffs. Yeah. The, the Cowboys is on paper. It's a better team than and through for me. I think offensively the Packers have been surprising, but like I said, the Cowboys, tend to have that game when it really matters when it gets to that playoff run so could be that yeah. early form or they could finally shake off uh whatever you want to call it you can call them the upstairs noise demons on the outside the outside noise yeah. but the cowboys we'll see if they can get done against the packers one more game as we're speaking about the packers kind of being risers in the nfl i want to talk about another team uh jake Sorensen. for all those who listen to the ticket frequently you can imagine it was a sour day for the early breaks very own on-air talent jake Sorensen. for the fact that he's a dolphins fan the Buffalo Bills uh, take down the Miami Dolphins yeah, to keep their down. playoff dreams alive, 21 to 14. And that second half is pretty much all Bills. The third quarter, it wasn't a whole lot going on for either side, but the Bills get 14 in that fourth quarter to go ahead and put Miami away. Miami, interesting. It, it, it felt like in the first half, the run game was going very well for them. They're, they're having a mm -hmm. lot of success through the ground. And the second half, they just got away from it completely. I was a little confused by that with the Miami Dolphins. It felt like they put the entire game on Tua's shoulders to just air it out. It was a game where I didn't see the need to. I thought the run game was going great, but they went away from it regardless. So the Miami Dolphins, they're kind of on a skid right now. They'll still be in the playoffs. But how seriously right. are you looking at this team as Super Bowl contenders? Because I think at one point in time, that was the expectation. I don't know if they're oh. there anymore. 
Yeah, it was all over the place. It was all over the media, all over uh, the internet that's saying, hey, this is a Super Bowl contender right here. And sometimes coaches, they get off rhythm. And Mike McDaniels has done a great job this past season uh, with the Dolphins and the last couple of years, actually, getting his team together from where they weren't even thinking about the playoffs, just trying to get the house cleaned up because off the field stuff that was going on a couple of years prior before his hiring or even a year before Mike McDaniel came in, Mike McDaniels came in. And so now to have them where they are and then having the, the random games that they had, you know, throughout the season, Tyreek Hill having a great year, um, ditch Hant, the running back, uh, Jeff Wilson, a lot of other guys that they pulled off the bench, you know, off some of them, off, um, Mozart as well. He mm-hmm. was uh, starting the season and then having a great year, just, when you get in rhythm and then sometimes you get out of rhythm and this is their game. Hopefully this is their game. They're out of rhythm for a game. And I agree with you. If you got a run game, don't do not like put it to the side. Yeah. Eight chain only guys got 10 work. carries. He got 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. He was getting exactly. 5.6 on average. Hey, that's what you want. That's mm-hmm. efficiency. That's keeping the defense honest. So, so Maybe, like I said, just got off rhythm for whatever reason. The good thing is they're already in the playoffs. They just get a lower seat, unfortunately. That changes. But now, hopefully, Mike McDaniels goes to the whiteboard and says, okay, I was off. We were off. Whatever it is, let's shake it out. We got to get ready for this first round of the playoffs here. We're a wild card, so we got to go out there and play like we've been playing and stay on, on task, and it starts with me as a head coach. I didn't. I wasn't making certain play calls. And then players were making some certain plays, like Tua missing throws, getting forced into interceptions, things of that nature. So we shook that off. And I think having it now, obviously having it now is where you want it. You want you don't want to have this game first round of playoffs for any team for that matter. But to have it now, shake it off, and then now you could go to the whiteboard. You could think for a minute, meditate, whatever you do. I remember seeing uh, McCarthy in the playoff game <laughs> for the college football going to the goalposts in California with a hoodie up, and he's doing – He's got his hands up. And, um, yeah, toes in the you grass. You got to do that, Mike Daniels. Go ahead, do that. <laughs> you know, do your do whatever you knew. Do whatever you need to do to get ready to play this game as a coach, as a player, um, because now is one is one. This is it. If you don't win, you're out. You go home. You get ready for the off season and and the draft. And I'll say Super Bowl week for players, Pro Bowl play, uh, Pro Bowl week, and then and then the draft. So. Mm-hmm. You don't want that to come soon. You want that to come push it off for a while, you know. Yeah. And I still think they they're playing the Chiefs, obviously. That's gonna be their wild card game. But mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably one of the best years you can probably draw the Chiefs. I think offensively, yeah. um, that's a team you can compete with. The Chiefs defense might be a little scary. They've been playing a lot better, especially down the stretch. But I do think that's a team they can take advantage of. Yeah, because looking at the Chiefs and Dolphins, it's kind of the same story. Really high expectations, and as the season goes on. There's inconsistencies with the Chiefs. It just seems like this is the least amount of talent Mahomes has had to work with in a while. Yeah. Uh, with the Dolphins, it's almost like what the Bills had to go through. The Bills, for the longest time, just didn't have a run game. You know, they'd get mm-hmm. uh, onto their side of the uh, onto the other team's side of the field to get into that red zone, and they're putting all the pressure on Josh Allen to make the throw or just at least get within field goal range. The Dolphins have a run game, but for whatever reason, they seem to kind of get away from it from times. And, you know, that's just me. Maybe they saw something that they already knew the run game was going to be very ineffective based on how that defensive front was playing. But uh, it didn't make too much sense to me why the Dolphins went away from it. But they do draw a Chiefs team who's kind of in a similar situation, a little bit waning this season. But nonetheless, a right. few more wild card games I want to get to. And, of course, we will talk about the College Football National Championship. That yeah, is course. tonight. That is uh, I believe 8 o'clock is the start for that one. So we'll talk about that one as well. But let's get a few more of these wild card rounds in here. 
And just looking at these games, I'm curious to you, where do you think the biggest chance for an upset lies? I'll name the remaining ones. So it's Browns, Texans. That's going to be your Saturday game. Steelers, Bills, Sunday, Rams, Lions, Sundays, Eagles, and Buccaneers. Those are the other three, or excuse me, other four games we haven't talked about yet. Obviously, Packers, Cowboys, and Dolphins, Chiefs. Which one of those seems like the biggest chance for an upset? Mm. I say I'll start with the NFC first. Um, And like I said, I gave my 40% chance of an upset with uh, Green Bay going to Dallas Mm -hmm. there. And for the another NFC team, I'm feeling shaky about the Eagles. Uh, I don't know if it's and the I Buccaneers. Wanna, I wanna, but... I'm there. I'm there with you. Like the last what five weeks of football? For yeah, them they've been hurting. Has not been good football. Jalen Hurts, uh, any of the defenders, you know, guys on defense have not. Their team overall have not stopped a lot of teams. Um, have not not stopped any team, you know, in front of them the last five weeks. So it's just something where, you know, let's look at this. So we got. It's been a rough since stretch. the month of no. I say probably since Thanksgiving. Yeah, when they played the 49ers, 42-19. Cowboys, 33-13. Seahawks, they lose to them by three, but 20 to 17. So in a three-week stretch right there, they don't score over 20 points. Mm -hmm. And then after that, man, they creep into 30 or 25, but they beat they they lose to the Giants, who the Giants are in the top five for the draft right now. (laughs) Yep. And and they're they're going home. They're they're chilling. And so and Cardinals Cardinals upset a few teams, a few teams, right? Um, but they they get over 30 points there, but lose by four. And then again, not over 20, not even over 15 in the last game against the Giants again, back to back or two week stretch. Uh, I say two after two weeks go by, they still nothing changes with the Giants and them. And it's just like, hmm. I mean, obviously, there's something going on if it's a like a uh, a fatigue thing setting in, because I kind of I'm like I mentioned it before, all these teams, even with college football, especially with the NFL, this extra game, this 17th game for the regular season has been only been a couple years and so now players have to get an extra kick in the butt basically to get energy going because this time of the year i mean you think about from a let's think about this from a philosophical i've said that word all wrong but philosophical but i can't i can't say it philosophical, you get, i got you <laughs> it was philosophical there we go I'm, i can't even say the word there we go in, in nature right you know, I'm not talking when I say bear, I'm not talking about your bears. I'm talking about actual bears. Like right. bears hibernate during the time right now. They're in a cave, they snuggle and and so we have that in us as human beings where we actually get into a mode that's like hibernation mode. We're kind of we get tired sooner and it's part of part of the reason the sun is not out as much because the days are shorter of sunlight. So you got all that stuff that you got to manage. And the number one thing I saw and eventually we're going to talk about the Michigan and Washington game is that the Michigan staff, their strength coaches, their nutritionists are hydrating and giving players all the rest they could possibly get right now because that's where our body's at this time of year. And I think some teams don't take into account that. And they probably leave it upon the players to do it when the teams will have the, I say, have more of the resources to do it for the player because the player has a thousand things going on this year, right? They're human beings just like us. They got families, they got the holidays, they're, they, and they playing football on top of that. They're trying to do their job. And so to give them the time to just kind of basically where they could get eight to hour, eight to nine hours of sleep or rest, you know, and massages or adjustments, just just because they've been doing this since August. Mm-hmm. So that's where that fatigue, I say the mental, physical fatigue is sit in and Eagles looking like they're prime victim of that. Hopefully they could they could basically wake themselves up. And that's what they're going to have to do in this first round. If not, they will get upset here. 
Yeah, and that's the thing with uh, Baker Mayfield and Baker Mania, whatever you want to call it, in Tampa Bay. That's a team that uh, they, they're bad division. I think that helps them a lot this season, obviously, helping them get to where they're at in this wild card game. But that's a team that at times can be a little surprising. And the Eagles, we just talked about it. You had two games versus the Giants. You win the first one by, by much, not a two-score game, but it wasn't by impressive fashion by any means. And the second time, just a couple weeks later, you get blown out by them. So the Eagles... It's kind right. of been like this for a while. It almost feels like the league's gotten a little bit of the script on what the Eagles like to do and how you can slow them down and how you can really force what feels like the entire games on Hertz's hands the entire time. So mm-hmm. high pressure situation for them. I think the Eagles, to me, looking out of all these games, that one kind of screams the biggest upset. I think Browns Texans could be fun looking at the NFC here. Oh, yeah. Just because that fun, Browns yeah. defense is great. And we've seen CJ Stroud, probably one of the, the most Rookie consistent right rookies. Oh, 100% rookie of the Offensive year. Rookie of the year right Might there. be, you know, head coach of the year, too. He probably won't get it. But D'Amico Ryan, he, he's been incredible job. for that roster. And that's another up-and-comer. Definitely one of the winners of this year's NFL year. Um, you know, you could argue who the winners and losers were. But nonetheless, we'll have to throw it to break. We'll dive into a little yep. more NFL on the other side, as well as we'll get into some college football champion, which is tonight you got Michigan, number one, versus Washington, number two. You got two great uh storied programs both undefeated will be playing each other so plenty of football up ahead here to talk about don't go anywhere on the amon green show and i do want to shout out if you're watching the stream our new sponsors doors plus garages and more shout out to those guys for sponsoring the amon green show appreciate you oh yeah so if you got a dent in your garage i know it's slick out maybe you're slipping on ice down the driveway a little fender bender call those guys up they'll get it fixed for you but we'll throw it to break here on the amon green show i'm harrison amon host as always don't go anywhere working at continental in lincoln is this is the amon green show on 93 7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com brought to you by doors plus Welcome back into the Amon Green Show. I'm Harrison back at the 1040 Ticket Studios running the ones and twos. Host as always, Amon Green streaming in from Houston. Funny things to talk about. We got the college football national championship right around the corner later tonight, as well as some recent news. We do have Ali Batenhorst from the volleyball team hitting the transfer portal. So best of luck to her. Uh, She continues her volleyball career elsewhere, but nonetheless had a great season stepping in as a starter for Nebraska. Helped them make it all the way there to the championship game. So some quick notes there. Best of luck to her and her future where she may end up going out of the transfer portal, but just some quick hitters there. Um, I asked you about some of these wildcard games, and if you saw any upsets, we talked about that Eagles-Buccaneers on the NFC side. Uh, You got Browns, Texans, Steelers, Bills, Rams, Lions, do any of those teams look like an upset for you? Mm, I'll say we already mentioned Philly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, potentially, i say another NFL, uh, NFC matchup, uh, Detroit Lions with the Rams. Um, they could be sneaky good in terms of the Rams. I mean, they got their their receivers, the young, cool. Was it, um, how you say his name? Puka Nakua. Nakua. Yep. Nakua. I was saying it right. Nakua. Having a fantastic year for himself. Um, so that could be one, you know, creeping in the woods. So hopefully uh, Dan Campbell has and his coaching staff has his team ready to go. And, you know, they played they they got their win, um, I believe, uh, from mm-hmm. this past weekend. But it wasn't easy, obviously. So they look just a little off rhythm, not all not all the way. But um, for the AFC yeah, between <clears throat> I say looking at it'll be an interesting game between the Steelers and the Bills. I think the Bills, though, are 
I say on they on alert because they've had a rough start rough start to their season, and in the last month of their football has been lights out ball. Mm-hmm. And we saw what they did. We just talked about the Miami game and what they did to the Dolphins and made them one dimensional. And Dolphins kind of helped out by not running the ball anyway. So Bills going through that struggle in the first month of the season, September, kind of rough October, and then November, like you kind of stopped. We everybody stopped talking about them because they were didn't look like they were going to get where they were are right now. And so being the second seed, a lot of you know started the season as being in the Super Bowl to then being out of the playoffs, not even going. What's wrong with this team? They fired their offensive coordinator and Ken Dorsey, so they have change going on, big changes, not just little changes, big changes. And now they get on a run to against a good team matchup. You know, playing against the Steelers, they are on a, a run as well. They got some victories. They picked up again a team that was like Seabiscuit. You didn't know which way they were going to go. <laughs> Quarterback carousel. They get Rudolph in there, and he's playing lights out now to get them to this point. And now. <laughs> It's going to be an interesting game um, come Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It So I would say any upset alerts puts it potentially Buffalo. They can come out of the, the blocks a little slow, and Steelers are still nuclear from the last couple of weeks. And Kansas City could just be you know, trying to find that young receiver, that next receiver that's going to be that person for Pat Mahomes because we know Travis Kelsey is there, but every team does too. And now they're just saying, you know what, we'll take him. We'll double team Travis, take him away. And now one of your other young receivers got to step up and do something. If not, we're going to put pressure on you, make you run the ball. And then eventually we are guiding you away from your strengths. We're, we're taking the biggest part of your offense, which is your pass game away. And now we got an even playing field for us to play this game. And that and Miami defense can do that. They have a nice decent front to get a rush without blitzing all four, you know, or more than four. They could just rush four, maybe three. I would say four to anything, get that pocket uh tight for pat mahomes because we know if he's a guy that could buy time for himself and then also you know make dynamic throws so don't let him get too comfortable in that pocket as well yeah and looking at all these teams it feels like um going into this year a lot of the narratives just just turned out to be flat out wrong based off injuries trades being part Mm -hmm. of some of them but the chiefs not looking like as strong as they were anticipated to be the Dolphins, kind of the same thing. They started off great. They slowed down. The Cowboys have been good, but I think everyone in the back of their heads just kind of waiting for that moment. Eagles, mm-hmm. same thing. Started out great, kind of showed some inconsistency. 49ers, same thing. The one team that has been really solid and that my eyes um, should be the Super Bowl favorite is the Baltimore Ravens. With Lamar Jackson yeah. having the MVP season that he is, um, at, when it comes to playing good teams, they tend to dominate by more than just one score. They beat down on the Cowboys, beat down on the 49ers. Uh, I think even the Dolphins at one point in the year as well. So the Baltimore Ravens, are those a Super Bowl favorite? Do you see anybody having the chance to take those guys out? Um, No, it's going to be interesting. It depends, obviously, once we get past this first round of playoff mm-hmm. of who's left and who would see. Obviously, they'll get the lowest seed being the number one seed. Um, yep, they'll and, get a buy. They'll get to play one of those uh, wild card yeah, games. Exactly. So obviously they they have the buy this weekend, and then they looking at either it depends if Cleveland wins, Houston wins, they'll get them, or they'll get whoever plays uh, between Bills and Steelers. There, there's an opportunity there um, for you know Bills win, then say Kansas City win, and then Houston wins. Then you're looking at Houston going going to New uh, Baltimore and, yep. or vice versa. Steelers win, 
Now the number seven seed and then Dolphins win. So now Steelers are going to Baltimore. So either Cleveland, the Dolphins. So you got um, all the makeup of those three teams, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Steelers. They have that. I say I'll, I take that back. The makeup of the Browns and the Steelers are the same because they are a team that at one point in time in the season, they weren't not the team that we're going to talk about in terms of playoffs. Mm hmm because they were struggling because of the quarterback changes that I mentioned with the Steelers and then Cleveland Brown, same thing almost yeah. Deshaun Watson's out. Now they Flacco's the guy apparently. <laughs> right. They call my man, Joe Flacco literally up off the couch. He's like sitting at home with his wife and kids playing Xbox probably. <laughs> and then he gets the phone call. He comes in, he's still playing like he's playing on Madden, mm -hmm. just putting up big numbers and doing amazing things for that team. And then flips them, flips them mentality and their season completely 360 around and I'll say 180, a whole nother direction. And so that'll be one of those one of those three teams. And coming in Baltimore, they got to be ready because Baltimore, they've gotten past the hump. And I think every team goes through this that has won a Super Bowl or gotten to the Super Bowl where they had to get over a hump. And it starts with Lamar Jackson. That hump was him coming in December and staying healthy all the way through December. And that goes back to what I was talking about before we went to break about being rested, being ready to play mentally and physically where you're not exhausted in mentally and physically. And he's got past that. He stayed healthy. And I know mentally he's like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I'm never, this is the one of the first times where I've been this healthy, this deep into the season. We're in the playoffs now. And I have most of my weapons. I believe um, I'm not sure if Andrews is back, but I know likely is, play, is playing fantastic. The young tight end behind mm -hmm. um, Andrews. And then the run game is still there. We have, um, What's his name? Uh, I'm trying to think his name. Run it back. Ugh. Which one? Dobbs, uh, the one that got Edwards. Hurt. Gus Edwards. We have uh, Gus Edwards running the ball. Gail Hill for them as well, doing very well. And so the run game is there. It mm -hmm. is efficient and it's respectable. And it makes defenses, along with Lamar, with his legs and arms, keep the defenses honest. And then the defense is just playing top notch. And that's what's going to be a factor for all these teams is their defense, how all these defenses are going to play against the offense for the team that they're versus and how they're going to stop them or make them one-dimensional to make it an even game or make it a game where it's unfair for that other team to play against them. Yeah, and speaking of defenses, that's why the Browns, out of all these wildcard teams, the Browns intrigue me a lot just for the sake of mm -hmm. we've seen defenses carry teams far. We've seen defense you know, help Tom Brady beat the Kansas City Chiefs for their Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady, he played great, uh, but that was the defensive-led team throughout that entire Super Bowl run. I'd say arguably for just about all those games when it came to postseason play. It was a good run by Brady, but that defense really stepped up in the Browns. We'll see if Flacco can keep that dream alive. It, it kind of reminds you of what the Eagles had a while back when they had their uh, key guy get hurt. I'm blanking on his name. Give me uh, Carson Wentz. When Carson Wentz goes down, uh, yes. you, you see the backup step up and play. Kind of similar story to the Browns. We'll see if that defense can keep playing, but those are some teams that intrigue me. We do have the college football championship I'll uh, be kicking off just about any second. Now, we got the Washington Huskies, as I said before, number two, 14-0. Number one, Michigan, 14-0. You got probably the best player in Blake Corum for the Michigan side and the best player in Michael Penix Jr. on that Washington yep. side. But in this matchup, who do you like winning it all tonight for the college football championship? Um, I like, I mean, it's hard for me to say this. Because for now we're in the Big Ten together. And but you can build up to your you. point, too, if you want to save it for the last segment. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Michigan is going to do this because they have more the physicality. They have more the what they've been through. And we they actually, you look at the teams we were just talking about in the NFL. We're looking at the Buffalo Bills. You're looking at the Cleveland Browns. They've had up and down seasons. And so Wolverines, you get 
John Harbaugh self-afflicted suspension for three games and then another really three games. And through the whole time, the team has stayed consistent. And then among the players, you see McCarthy, you see um, the running back. Um, Corum, yep. And you yeah, uh, Corum. You see Corum, the leaders on the team, not blinking an eye, saying, hey, you know, they have they wearing the T-shirts with let, you know, free, free Harbaugh. <laughs> I think when I saw that, I know this, I believe when I saw that shirt, I'm like, they locked in. Mm-hmm. They're not letting no outside static, none of the white noise come into their building in their heads. They know what they need to do to go out there and get to the national title game and eventually win it. So that's where I'm like, man, this is going to be tough for any team facing them, even though we have Washington that is coming in with kind of the Cinderella story of a season. Phoenix Jr. playing phenomenal. Their receivers stepping up, their defense stepping up on Texas last week, slowing down their run game and slowing down their offense as well. But Michigan, they kind of have that plot written out. They're on a mission because of what they've been through as a team from the coaching staff to the players all together. All the brothers are lined up. Basically, that's got I say this situation of this season for them has built this team like this is no other. They they have nothing else to do other than to go out there and win this game tonight. And so that's where I put the if I'm betting on my money, I'm putting it down on the Wolverines because they had everything that I've seen. And part of it is I've been through this. You know, my freshman year, we had a season where, you know, off the field stuff was was popping his you know, ugly head. But we stayed locked in the entire year and we kept focusing. And then once we got to the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, we was like, I don't care. We don't care if it's the 85 Bears across the sidelines. We about to destroy this team right now. Um, easy with the bears comments i'm still a little yeah sorry about that it just comes into mind (laughs) (laughs) it's nothing it's just natural if i was your neighbor i would have dp the house the other night i would have dp the house last night (laughs) what'd you say i said if i was your neighbor i would have tp'd your house last night i've I've just been there with the pack the point is my point is why i always go reference the bears because that 85 bears they was that team right it was that team that nobody could do nothing on other than at the you know last game of the season, the Dolphins had a flute game against them. But then after that, the Bears ran through the playoffs, ran through the New England Patriots mm-hmm. in in uh, New Orleans. So that's where I'm like certain teams like that was a team that I'm a reference in that nothing against you or any Bears fan, but to say that's how good Michigan is playing right now to go against Washington. So Washington. I hope it's a heck of a game. I hope it's not a blowout. I hope it's a tight game. But it, I think right now what I see and what I know. And experience it myself as a player that they got a little lucky charm. I don't know, it's not a lucky charm. It's just they got a chip on their shoulder and they ready to make that chip bigger and, and send it across the way to the Huskies. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talking about it. I, I agree with you as, as much as I don't want to do it. It looks good for the Big Ten, but um, just Michigan, <laughs> right. the way they've been bullying everyone, it's it's not necessarily maybe the team you want to see win it. It'd be fun to root for the Cinderella story, but they've just looked so dominant. I don't No team's gotten 28 points on them all year. Like they have just right. been defensively elite offensively. They'll eat clock. They pretty much can, if they get the lead, it's, it's good luck. You know, I haven't seen any team yeah. really been able to stop that run game with quorum. Their offensive lines elite, arguably one of the best offensive lines again, as they mm-hmm. were last season. So it just feels like it's all clicking for them. You talked about the chip on their shoulder. That's been pretty obvious, I'd say, midway through the season, one of those allegations. It just felt like, mm-hmm. as you said, that noise wasn't affecting them. Their their game without you know Jim Harbaugh being there, their head coach, they're very open about how much they deserve. He d- needs to come back. They weren't going to drop the game for him. 
they're very locked in on winning it all. I think proving something for Michigan. Maybe it's in the air too. What happens to Jim Harbaugh? You know, after this season, is this the last yeah. run we have with him? But it's going to be, you know, one of uh, the historical games we've seen from a quarterback in the national championship game. I think if Washington wins, it's got to be that type of game for Michael Penix Jr. Otherwise, it's going to go how we think most people have it scripted. Michigan just wins by physicality and uh, just dominating the time of possession, running the ball. You saw that against Alabama. The physicality yeah. was just a little too much. If it was third and long, Milrow didn't have more than a couple seconds to get rid of it. That's what I mean by Penix Jr.'s got to have that game. You know, if they stand any sort of chance, he's going to have the ball and he's going to have to pick those blitzes up really quick and be able to burn them on him because they'll be sending pressure just like they did against Alabama. I'm almost sure of it. They'll probably put a spy on him. So it's going to be a lot of weight on his shoulders. That's why I'm going to lean Michigan. Not because Michael Penix Jr. is a bad player, but that's just a lot to overcome on a very good Michigan team. So with that being said, though, we'll go ahead and throw it to break. I'm going to go ahead and get myself the championship game on the TV here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere. I'm on Green Show. we got one more segment left. I'm on Green. Host as always, Harrison, back here at 1040 Ticket Studios. Don't go anywhere. This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Doors Plus. All right, welcome back into the Amon Green Show. Host as always, Amon Green, streaming in from Houston. Harrison running the board back at the 1040 Ticket Studios, and we both picked Michigan uh, before they scored because they did just score. They're currently up 6-0. Yeah, yeah. Point after the touchdown still about to happen, so likely to go up 7-0 here as it looked like Quorum was able to run it inside. But nonetheless, uh, we'll uh, keep was, updates uh, on that The one. other running back. Um, oh, okay. One of their... Was it Edwards? Yeah, it was Edwards. It kind of broke in play. Safeties got sucked up, sucked up because he went into the middle, kind of got stood up. There was nothing there, and he just made a quick move. But the safeties, Washington safeties, way into the box and got basically out leveraged by the running back. He was able to outrun everybody, break all the uh, ang- <clears throat> excuse me, all the angles to get to the end zone. Flow Michigan on the board, on the board first. So somebody got some prop bets that that won out there in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I stepped away from that. We got the Warhorse Casino here in Lincoln now. But yeah. yeah, when it comes to these games, though, we always talk about the added pressure when you had those opportunities to play for the games that everything's on the line for it. Yeah. What is that added pressure and how hard is it to keep that outside noise out of the equation? Um, <clears throat> I said you're asking the wrong person for that. Like for me, any big game, when I thought back in my little from Little League to high school to pro I never felt that pressure. I'll say the only time I might have felt pressure is when I was at home with a broke foot and watching my team, my teammates play in Texas in the first Big 12 championship because I knew that I I could be out there helping my team trying to win that game and that we were a different team without me. Not saying they were going to win without me Mm -hmm. because they won without me that season, early in the season when I first went out with the turf toe. So they won without me, but I knew this is this is a bigger game, bigger stakes. Texas is going to come in ready to go. They got Ricky Williams, so we, if I was healthy, we're even across the board there in terms of the run game. You know, myself, similar, you know, kind of going battling against Ricky. Um, defense is having to handle handle each of us, but I was off the, you know, I'm on the shelf, and so that was probably the only game I felt felt anxiety, nervousness because I knew I wasn't with my teammates, I wasn't with my brothers out there. Any game that I played in. I felt confident because I trust my coaches that they got us ready to play my freshman year in the Tostitas Fiesta Bowl. 
even the bowl game, we our Constellation Bowl, my sophomore year, when we went to the Orange Bowl, even that game, um, Doak, Ostergaard, got my foot ready. Coaches got us ready for the football field. So I learned at an early age how to get ready for a big game. And it's, it was a mental thing. All It wasn't nothing physical. It was all mental. And that mental part of it was just having that laser focus. There is nothing else right now to, that I need to worry about other than winning this game, doing what I need to do to win. And say if I, you know, I'm a running back. Maybe what if I I only have 50 yards and a touchdown? Then that was supposed to happen. I did what I need to do. I used to I, if I had no yards and I had to pick up blitzes the whole game because we are our passing game is on fire. You know what? I'm doing my job. My quarterback's not going to get touched, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up every block um, that's possible, and whatever else my team needs me to do, I'm gonna do it. So I had that top top of mindset going into every game, and I think <clears throat> players that don't feel that pressure of a championship game of a playoff game. Those are the ones you see play at the high level and they make it look easy. And we've seen these athletes, you know, again, back to Chicago, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. He wanted the ball. He's like, I want the ball. Please give it to me. This is not a moment where I'm not thinking I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit this shot. Even if I miss the shot, I still believe, you know what, next time if I get another turn, I'm going to hit it. So you want those players in the game and have that confidence. But it starts with, I say, young players, maybe the coach and then the player himself or herself experiencing moments before that and so when they get to the next game they already know you know what i already been here before this is what we got to do we got to come out here and play ball mistake free and have fun kick butt and have fun and that's the, for me that was my mindset going into any little league playoff game championship game and i had a few um track meets everything competitive wise i never got to that moment because of the structure of my life between parents, my brothers, the way I was raised, and just situations that happened in my life that made me kind of mentally like, all right, this is this is how we got to do things, you know, and this is how we got to be prepared to come out here and win and make sure I get sleep early in the week. I get my eight hours of sleep two days before kickoff and massage and hit the playbook hard, make sure I know all the audibles or spelling, you know, make sure on the test I'm ready for it because it's a test and you, you're testing, you're finding out, athletes are finding out how can we um, weather the storm of all the, spect the spectacle of a championship game that it brings, the ESPN, the, the lead up to the bowl game as we've seen every night, us talking about mm -hmm. it. It's how we handle that and some of it is, is really easy because you just don't turn on the TV. <laughs> you don't watch it, you don't listen to it. You play Xbox, you play RPGs all day and night. That's what I used to do <laughs> to get me away from everybody else talking about the game that I'm about to play. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm going to be good. You know, so that's <laughs> that's it. Real simple. <laughs> Real play, simple. Some, play some Hitman, play some GTA. There you go. <laughs> well, it might be that simple for these two teams as well, because as Washington has the ball here, they look like they're moving the ball pretty well and efficiently. Mm -hmm. So it could be a better game than what most people picked out. I know the spread was only four and a half so looks like it could be a good one here as washington continues to move the ball down michigan uh but nonetheless it's gonna wrap it up for the amon green show that is amon green host is always streaming in i'm harrison back at the 1040 ticket studios <clears throat> don't go anywhere don't punt hour with the morning personnel up next talk to you in a little bit